Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I'm Katie Dunn, founder and CEO of Back to Business and your host. I'm here to help you get a job, and I'm not just going to share advice on our topic in each episode. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it, because here's how are two of my favorite words. It's get a job, here's how. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. This is Katie Dunn, and my guest today is Ellen Toomey, founder of You Are Techie, She runs a coaching business, a program for women returning to work, and she is the host of the You Are Techie podcast, in addition to being a mother of four and all of the other things that Ellen does to keep her very busy these days. So I've enlisted Ellen's help to talk to all those women out there who are in the process of returning to work after stepping out of their careers about regaining your professional confidence. This is a big topic. And it's something that many of us struggle with as we return to work. I know I did. But beyond that, it's something that a lot of job seekers struggle with, whether you're returning to work or not. So Ellen and I will talk through the confidence issue today and give you some ideas about how to regain your professional confidence as you return to work. So Ellen, welcome and thank you for being my guest today. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. It's an honor. I'm thrilled you're here. So let's get started by having you tell us your story, because I think your story is similar to that of the women you work with. And I'm guessing that many of our listeners will identify with your experience. Yeah, thanks so much. So I am excited to talk about this topic of confidence because it's definitely something I took for granted I grew up as an athlete and kind of a all around high performer. And I had super confidence my whole life and undergraded with an uh, undergraduate major in computer science. So I was one of only two women in my program. And honestly, it didn't really bother me that much. I know that bothers some people, but it wasn't a problem for me. Here's, here's where I really started to appreciate my confidence. After graduation, I worked as a consultant and, and then I worked as a technology director and an educator um, teaching first all boys and then all girls, engineering and AP computer science. So I was in schools. I've always kind of done this dance of technology and learning. And what happened is when I got pregnant with my second child, childcare when you're on a teacher's salary is, uh, especially I was in Washington, D.C. at the time, wasn't really making a whole lot of sense. And so I decided to stay home with my children at that time. I then had two more. And it was at that point when I was staying home with my children and thinking about returning to the workforce that I was like, what is missing? Something is missing here. Where am I? Where's Ellen? I had totally lost my confidence in the mom realm. And what's funny is that when I look back and now I coach and teach women into technology, many of them stay-at-home moms returning to the workforce, I, I can see how when we look at ourselves, we don't see the value that other people can see, especially when we get focused on 
the mom lens. We think everyone's going to view us through the mom lens because we view our life through the mom lens, right? Like we're always taking care of our kids. We're always thinking about them. We're always worried about them, wondering if they're going to be okay, wondering if we're doing the right things. And so when we return to the workforce, we can't help but have those thoughts kind of come into our brain. And so what I like to say about my story is I would do the Indeed death scroll when I was during nap time. Okay, so I'd sit on the computer and I'd look through all these jobs and I'm like, nope, can't do that one. Nope, I'm not qualified for that. Nope, I'm not. In the meantime, I always kind of picked up freelance projects because I just like to keep busy, as you can tell from my current work. And in the meantime, I learned Ruby on Rails, a new programming language. I built a SaaS and like started a company. All the while looking for jobs, like who would hire me? Why would I be? And now I look back and I'm, I mean, you can hear how ridiculous that sounds. Well, turns out that's how a lot of women have their experience. I'm like, no, no, no. You have all these amazing experiences. Maybe, maybe you're learning a programming language. Maybe you're, you know, the, the volunteers at school. Oh my gosh. I feel like they move an army when they, do, you know, run, run up, put an auction together. It's amazing amount of work. So there are just many different experiences. So that was mine. And what happened is I actually chose to go get a graduate degree from being a stay-at-home. And it worked out fine for me. But what was most important in that lesson is that I really used that as my confidence crutch. Like, I don't see any reason. I didn't need to do that to return to the workforce. That was in my head. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm really on a mission to say, look, at you can choose graduate school. That's a fine option. I went to Purdue. I love my program. It was a great value, but that is not necessarily the right option for everyone. And speaking financially, it was not the right financial choice for me. Now it all worked out where everything worked out. I you know, was able to, to leverage that into great high quality work. But my point is that I could have done that anyway, had I understood the importance of confidence. So I really couldn't shake that feeling of how I could go from being so confident to not confident. And I really wanted to help other women do that, which is why I founded UR Techie. Wow. All right. That's fantastic. So I'm picturing you sitting on your couch, right? You've got kids napping. You have a degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. You're a kick-ass, badass woman. Mm-hmm. You are, you've started your own company and taught yourself Ruby on Rails. And you're actually looking through job postings thinking, no, I just can't do that one. Right. Right. I'm not qualified. I don't have all of those crazy yes. things that that hiring manager or recruiter has listed in that job posting. And mm-hmm. so you, like many of us do, you just sort of disqualify yourself yep. before you even get into the game there. And like you said, I think that's a very common experience, right? Highly educated, highly qualified, very accomplished women do that all the time. Yes. So that was, that's a great kind of story to illustrate that point. And, and sometimes when you hear somebody else tell it, it's like, well, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't do that. Right. We all know we all have sat on our couches and done that same. Thing. <laughs> so, so that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. And then your point about grad school is super interesting too. Like that's a really 
expensive confidence. (laughs) I totally agree, Katie. I totally agree. That is my whole message. And uh, we want to earn money. We want to bring money into our family. So what do we do? We go spend tens of thousands of dollars on a degree. Like it's, it's illogical. It doesn't even make sense. And now again, it, it, it did work out for me. And I think I would have gone back and got my graduate degree at some point anyway. But I think another component of this that I find all the time is that when I was looking, I had four young children and I needed some element of flexibility in my job. I wasn't actually sure if I wanted to work remotely or go into the office part time. So I would look at these jobs and if they didn't say like, you know, specifically lay out the flexibility, I was like, well, it's not going to work out. And I, I really coach and teach on that. You do not know what flexibility is being offered until you investigate and pursue it. And that's a strong, strong message that I want to get out there that I got completely wrong. I would disqualify myself. I'm like, oh no, that's not how it's going to work. Yeah, good point. Because also nobody's really putting into their job descriptions like, hey, you were flexible with whatever you need and we, you know, trust you to get the work done. It doesn't have to be a nine to five. We're more concerned with the fact that you're getting the work done. But I think that a lot of companies are coming around to thinking about their employees that way. I think particularly now that everybody's working from home and people who maybe didn't grant their employees that kind of flexibility before now have no choice. And hopefully they're seeing that people can be just as productive. And then the funny thing is like, we don't have any sports or kids performances to go to. Right, absolutely. Anyway, just a funny kind of paradox there. Everything's negotiable. So yeah, if you get that job, if, if you get to the point where they're making you the offer, right? Mm-hmm. They want you to say yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have the opportunity to negotiate and need some flexibility to do these things or at mm-hmm. these different times. That's the opportunity to do that. So good point of as far as don't, if it doesn't say it outright, yeah. don't assume that it's not there. Yeah, I, I actually have a great story about this recently. A coachee of mine, I do one-on-one level up coaching. So if you're in tech and you're ready to move to the next level, as opposed to like re-entry, I do group level coaching. So one of my coaches, she, this is just completely, I hear the contrary to this all the time, but this is just exactly what happened. She just applied for the job. It was in her local area. The commute was doable, but not amazing. And she just was ready. Just, it was, it was time. She was going to do whatever it took. So if she had to commute there, she would have done it. She, she goes in, she gets hired, she gets trained and she meets with her manager. I mean, we're talking, we're already in the job and her manager is like, okay, how many times, how frequently do you want to go into the office? She's like once every two weeks, her manager's like, sounds good to me. So you don't, and, and this is, you don't even know. And that specific coach, you went on a different interview And in the interview, they said, we only go into the office one day a week, but they don't post it because they want to know that you're a go-getter and that you're going to service them and that you're not only applying so you could work from home because lots of us who work from home are super driven and ready, but not everyone is. Some people want to use that as a buffer. And so I I think that absolutely Corona is going to kind of make everyone reevaluate that. 
But I really, when I say you don't know, you really don't know. Do not assume. It was one of the biggest mistakes I made in my career. And I'll scream that from the rooftops. Just apply and find out. And if if they're like, you know what? We need you in the office every day, eight to five. And that doesn't work for you. Okay. But you then you know that. Now you can still say no. And now they know, hey, if we have a more flexible position, they know who to go to. Right, right. Good point. Definitely. So tell us about starting your techie. First, kind of walk us through what you do and how you came to start that business. Yeah, so it started from a local Raleigh-based meetup. So I told you that this, when I say like losing my confidence made a really big impact. I mean, it made a really big impact on me. I mean, I, I just couldn't shake it. So I I was working as a developer earlier in my career, but when I returned to the workforce, I worked as a UX designer. So designing the software. And I did that as a, as a freelancer. And then as I started a UX consultancy, UX Simplified. But when I had that company, I started a meetup because I was like, I really think more people would be interested. More women and moms like me would be interested. And I wanted to work with those people. Okay. Now I've been in and out of the workforce in different environments on different tech teams. And going back to my undergraduate school, I'm still one of two women on a tech team. And and I just was fed up. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start a local meetup. And so we started one. I started with the help of of a mom that I brought on and trained her in UX design and she was on my team. And so we started that and just kind of said, do people want this information? And I would do like workshops on UX design or I would just, or we just do coffee. But what was so funny is that at that meetup, some of the women were brand new to tech, but many came with backgrounds that were so amazing, like 25 years in IT or uh, undergrad and master's in computer science. And they're your UX design workshop. I'm like, my master's is in learning design and technology. Like, you know more about this than I do. So I was like, ding, ding, ding. These are more confidence issues. I also had an MD. I had a doctor come to one of my workshops. I mean, it was like crazy. But they would do these amazing things. They'd talk about their background as we went around. And they would say, but I'm not really that techie. I'm not like, I'm not like a techie techie. I'm like, yes, you are. And I'm like, stand up. You are techie. And so that is where the name came from. I'm like, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm just going to say what women need to hear. And they need to hear that indeed they are techie. And that if they have an opinion about technology, they're allowed to have that. They're allowed to say that software doesn't work for me. And this is one of my favorite questions is if you're using a product and you're thinking that you're not techie because you don't know how to use it, maybe it wasn't designed for you. Do you ever consider that? Ask that question. Was this designed for me? And so that's really a big message of how like my work in UX design, which is an empathy-based design and bringing women to technology, it's, it's a real natural interplay, which is why a lot of women come to UX design. It's one of the paths. Now, I don't advocate, so in, in my company, I don't advocate for one specific path. So we have an entry-level course, which is what tech job is right for me. I really want women to find whatever path is right for them. I don't offer courses in all of those yet, but uh, we have a UX design course. We have a JavaScript course under development. And then we have a scrum master course in the works. So those are kind of our foundation. And I partner with mentors in the field to develop those, to co-develop those courses. So we know we're getting like someone who's doing the hands-on work. 
And then we also have a getting hired course, which is really to help those people who, so they don't do what I did and go back to graduate school. And we stopped the Indeed death scroll. And we're like, if you just need the getting, you want to start from, I, I'm not in tech to how do I get in tech? And I walk you through that. And then you can pair that with your own learning or with one of our learning courses. But it's really all in an effort to say, we're going to teach you not only the technical skills, but exactly how to do it in a way where you are confident in those skills and know your value in the market. And that, that gets to that end point of like, and then asking for what you're worth and getting for what you're worth. So we can kind of, along with bringing these women to technology, we'll fix that gender pay gap real quickly. And so I, I definitely advocate for women making more money. Whatever they're making, more sounds good to me. <laughs> ah, I love it. I feel like, Ellen, you could single-handedly coach our way out of the gender <laughs> pay gap. So that's awesome. And I want to go back to something you said about these products weren't designed for you. Yeah. And so maybe that's why I cannot work the remote in my house. Have you heard my podcast, Katie? I literally have a podcast. If, if I'm so smart, why can't I work the TV remote? Because women would come to me and they're like, no, I'm not techie. I'm not, I don't know how to work the remote. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is that you? Yes, that's totally me. That is totally <laughs> me. Yeah, I've had to, I've learned that's maybe like my quarantine skill. <laughs> necessity. I'm getting better with the remote, but it's a little mind boggling when you think about some of those things that we can't operate. And you're right. They were designed by men for men. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's a conspiracy. So they always get to watch what they want. <laughs> or maybe they just like TV more than we do. And that's okay too. Yeah. I just don't, you know what it is? I don't want women to feel bad about it. So tell me when you think back to when you were starting, you are techie. Like what was the moment when you realized oh my gosh, I have this idea and I have to start this business or I'll really regret it. Did you have a moment like that? Yeah, I guess the moment, it, it was maybe more a series of moments because I just couldn't shake this confidence issue that we talk about. And then when I went into, when I would teach the workshops and have the meetup and I had these women coming in and I'm like, no, this isn't a learning issue. I knew it was a confidence issue. And then the other part was I practice what I preach. And so we interviewed a bunch of the women. We did our user research, which is what we do in, in UX design. And I interviewed them. And what I found was what they really wanted was courses and confidence. That's, that's what they wanted. So that I think when my, when, when my team came back to me and they're like, this is what they said. That wasn't the company. It wasn't what I was thinking at all. I was, I was honestly, I was thinking I would build an empire of super, the most technical you can get. So security, a security software, and we would staff it with all women and it would be amazing. And when I talked to my audience, I was like, that's not what they want. That's not what's going to get women into technology. And no matter how big I grow my empire, it's still not going to be big enough. So for me, it was really the series of like, how can I make the biggest impact? Really, like there are 20% of tech positions are held by women. 20. The pay gap is better. Yes. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. that is really, that's my mission. That's what I'm out to just crush that stat. And so 
I think what, that user research and hearing what they needed and wanted, for me, I was like, I will never be able to let this go unless I do this. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So what are some things that you have sort of coached women to do to help get over this confidence gap? Oh, Katie, this is my favorite question. <laughs> You're like, I love this. You're like, I thought you were excited before. Okay. So first they need to grab a pen or pencil and paper. And that's the first thing that I want to say is that if you are lacking confidence, I want you to write it down. And this is totally stolen from one of the best coaches I've ever met. She's in the local area, Deb Mangum. I tried to hire her. She's like, no, I'm not. You don't need me. You need to journal. And I, I swear I have taken her up on that. I journal every day, just 10 minutes, Katie. I'm all about efficiency, just 10 minutes. And one of the things that women need to do to gain confidence is to grow in their relationship with themselves. It is so powerful. So journaling every day, just getting your thoughts down, getting your doing kind of a brain dump is one way. And then starting to structure those thoughts and everything centers around that. Let me give you an example. So here's women, especially my like local area friends. They like to call me when they're like, I have an interview. I have an interview it's tomorrow. Can you do a mock interview with me? Which I can't, I'm sorry. I can't anymore, but I, I, I do it as much as I can. Our, we have a free Facebook group. You can always find someone to mock interview you, okay? In our in our Facebook, you are techie Facebook group. Okay. And they'll call me and I'll ask them questions. And then here's what happens. And I was just talking to my technical recruiter mentor uh, yesterday about this. They answer in a way that stream of consciousness. Stream, stream, so there, it's just like anything that they, they can think of. And it doesn't serve them because they don't sound as crisp, as focused as they would if they would write down what their answer was. So journaling every day, yes. But when you're preparing for interviews or even thinking about it, write it down. And here's the key. When I talk about more money, if you want to learn how to have the confidence to ask for a higher salary, write it down. Practice saying it. Say it again. Practice believing that you're worth it. I even did a podcast on knowing your value. If you do your research, you go to Glassdoor, you look up what that position in that area is making, and you see what those people are making. This is an important thing. It's not about you. It's not about your you, you, like your value as a human. Your value as a human is it's incontrovertible, right? Mother Teresa is probably one of the most valued humans ever to exist. And, and her salary was not commiserate with that human value. But we as women try to think, oh, but I don't know if I'm worth that. You are worth it if you have those skills and that's the position, that's what that position is paid in your area. The more you journal about it and put it outside of yourself, and that's, that's just what it is. A UX designer, starting UX designer salary is about $60,000. That's just what it is. You don't have to, now, do you have other skills? Do you have other experiences? Now you increase it. Do you live in a higher cost of living? Now you increase it. But that's what it is. It doesn't mean you're worth anything more or worth anything less. 
but you might have to practice saying it. I'll hear this um, comment a lot. If someone would just give me a chance, if somebody would take a chance on me, and I tell them, no one needs to take a chance on you. You are highly valuable the way you are. Know your skills, know the amount, write it down and practice it. And you are so much further ahead. It just is what it is. And then the more you say it, so people are like, they'll look at me and they're like, you have so much confidence. Well, I know what it's like to not have confidence. I remember because I, I, I remember how easy it was and how, how easy it was to lose it. I believe in what I do. And then I write it down and then I get the results for people. And then I see the results and then I have confidence about it because I've had that experience. So that would be the other thing I would say is especially because I advocate for women in technology, do the work, sit down every day, even if it's a little bit, stop judging the small amount and do the competencies, build the competencies every single day. And then you're going to know the right questions to ask. You're going to know, hey, I'm building, like as a UX designer, I'm building this wireframe and I think the user should come under, under this experience. And then if you can put that out there, you create something and then put it out there and get feedback, holy moly, your whole world will change because you now are talking like a designer. You're having that experience. And in tech, it's just about what you can prove you can do. It's not about a degree, really. Most people, some of, most of the best programmers I know don't have degrees. I'm the rarity, right? So really practicing that competency, asking better questions, writing things down, practicing that, and just do a little bit every day. If, if you're like me, uh, if, if you're a mom, like most of the, my friends, we do too much every day. Just do a little bit every day and give yourself a little grace and a little patience and you will get there. And I think that, the, that those are the best confidence building strategies I can give you but you have to actually do it. And, and that's the thing is I think there are a lot of times, I mean, I preach this all the time, Katie, and a lot of times they don't, they don't, people don't do it. And then one time they'll just hear it in the right way. And I heard it from Deb and, and I'm like, I'm going to, this lady is amazing and I'm going to do what she says. And it is life changing to really understand that your relationship with yourself if you convince yourself, everyone else will follow. Ah, that's great. I love that. And, and I love the idea of journaling and doing it on a consistent basis. And then the other thing you said that I thought was really amazing was just the practice, like writing it down and saying it out loud. Because I know when I talk to people about interview prep mm -hmm. and they say, well, I've got the list of questions that I'm likely yeah. to ask and I've thought about them all. And I always think you may have that in your head, but you honestly do not know what's going to come out of your mouth when you open it in an interview, totally. unless you have done it already. Right. So I'm a huge believer in that. Write it down, practice it out. I love to, when I was interviewing, I used to record myself on my phone giving interview answers because then you can hear them back. And we're probably our own toughest critics, but when you hear yourself back, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'm saying too much, too mm -hmm. many likes, too many pauses or I'm speaking too fast or something, but you're going to pick up on that. And also you'll hear your answers and you might think that doesn't actually make any sense. I need to work on that. Right. Right. You don't know that until you do it. So yes, fantastic ideas. 
that you've got there. I also, one of my favorite quotes, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. Mm. And to me, that just means like you have to actually go out and do it in order for you to believe that you can do it as opposed to don't wait until you really believe that you can do it to go try it. Mm. And I think that action, like to that, just doing it, just getting out there and trying it, whether that's practicing yourself or taking on that interview or applying for that job, even if you don't feel like you check every single box, mm-hmm. those are the just do it kinds of things that, that actually go to build your confidence. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until you have the confidence, just go do it. And that will build up the confidence that you need. I totally agree. I think that so often as women, we're so self-critical that when we do something for the first time, we're like, oh, I'm bad. Oh, I'm not good at that. And it's like, no, no, you're not supposed to be good at it. You're brand new. And the way to get good is just to do more iterations. In tech, we have iterations. I, I In all my courses, I say this iterations about a hundred times because that is the key. Like you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. And that's why I mentioned kind of that feedback. If you, if you can put yourself out there and get feedback from someone else, you know what? Most people are really nice. And that one jerk who could be a male or a female, I want to be very clear. My JavaScript mentor is a man. Like, like many men are just as helpful, if not more on the women in tech movement than women. But if you can just accept that like one out of, 10 and that's way high. You're going to get feedback that's cruel. That's about them. That's about their issue. Anyone, if you're new and you're like, Hey, I'm looking for help. If anyone's really mean about their feedback, you just don't need to listen to them. You, you can take nine amazing people who are like, you know what? I think you could do this or think about that. But I'll tell you what, the more you put yourself out there, the easier it gets. Like I know we're doing audio, but I, my, my podcast is is a video recording. And someone's like, you're so comfortable on video. I'm like, yeah, I can teach you how to do that. They're like, you can? I'm like, yes, do a video every single day for two weeks and then you won't care. Because that I don't like being on video. I don't like getting my picture taken. The way to get over it is to just do it more. And and this brings me to this, this do it feedback iteration cycle. One of the things that as a new person, you're not doing is asking specific enough questions to get you to the next level. You have to do the work to know what the right question is. You have to be in the code knowing how do, how do I write this? How do I figure out this uh, algorithm or this function that I'm going to build? How do I, you have to do it to know the specific question, not just like, well, where should I start? Or what, what do I, it's got to, you've got to do the work to know what the right question is. And in tech, it's so widespread, there are a thousand different paths you could take. So you've got to really practice that, like, I do it, I have a question, where do I go to find the answer? Here's how I find it. That is how developers are doing it. That is how people in tech are doing it. They don't just have a repository in their brain, like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to type this line. That's not how it works. And so I think the sooner you can practice that, the better. And, And I'll say this about when I was staying at home. That's when everything changed for me. When I decided I had a project and I knew I didn't just learn Ruby on Rails. I decided that I wanted to create this. It was a financial aid software. I wanted to create this. And that was the tool, the mechanism. But I had something bigger driving me. So pick a project that you care about if you want to get the practice. 
pick something that's meaningful to you. That's going to drive you when you get up in the morning, you're like, "Uh, I don't feel like it today. You've got to have something that you care enough about that you're going to overcome that to do the work. That's great. I think that's one really neat thing about tech is that you can pick up a project, you can invent your own project, and you can use that to not only to learn, but to get the experience that you need for the next job. And I think that's really cool because it's not in every field, I think, that you can just come up with a project on your own and go do it. But in tech, now you have the tools right there in your home and you can do a project and learn and and get that experience. So I think that's really cool. Do you have women who come to your program who have no tech background at all? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's one of the foundational tenets is that I, I believe that you can go from no prior technical experience to getting a job in three months. Now, do most people do that? No because they don't put the time in. But I still believe that is the right path. Let me tell you why. If you put a time limit on it and you just keep getting laser, laser, laser focused, the whole problem with tech is, so I have a blog called Stop Learning Everything. Okay, there's so much, there's a rabbit hole. You'll never, I don't know if this is true for men, but in my community, this is for sure true. They're like, well, if I just learn these seven things, oh, but now those seven things branch off into seven more. I really advocate doing a three month plan. That's it. And then you start applying. And then if you don't get hired, because then you'll find out, well, maybe this, this one skill is the one I need to level up on. Okay. No shame. Just go get that one skill level up in that area. But we, I really do believe now here's the real rub. Who does this? Who can actually do it when people decide they can do it? Because I had people in my program my coaching program get hired in two weeks. Oh, and wow. that's amazing. yeah, yeah, and that's not about me. It's not like oh, I'm so amazing. That's because she decided it was time, and she wasn't going to put up with anything else. So then she put herself out there. She went to a meetup. I actually went with her. I'm like, if you're local, I'll go with you. And we went, and she met one person, and she got hired uh, like in the next week. Oh, love that. Love, love, love that. And I also love that. She's getting out there. Like when you're looking for a job, I think that's so, so important as opposed to sitting home, applying to jobs blindly. But she went out and met somebody and talked to them and they saw what she was capable of and that she'd probably be a great addition to the team. Yep. And boom, hired in two weeks. That's yeah, I, I think getting out there is really important. And obviously that takes a different tone in today's environment, but still it's all the more important to go to a virtual uh, event in Corona. And there's like a way less fear barrier there as we are, are kind of social distancing is lax and we can start to get out there. There is nothing I think that can move your career forward more than getting out there. Would you agree? Oh my gosh. 100%. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I also think another good thing is to kind of visualize the success that you want to have. And so, and, and going back to your journaling, that's a great place to put pen to paper and get that vision and what you hope for your own future down in writing. Cause I think it's really powerful to put that in writing. Yeah. So I think just visualizing exactly what does the job look like? 
like that you want to have? What does it feel like to have that job? What's your commute like? How are you adjusting at home? Like actually think through all of those things. Yeah. The more specific you can be, I think the better off you are going out and getting it. I, I totally agree. I love that. I, I do that all over my journaling. It's all over goal setting. And then what are the actions that I'm taking that support this goal? And then evaluate, like, is that working for me? Did I really do that this week? Because we have all these ideas swimming around in our head, right? Like, we're like, are the kids okay? Am I going to be able to handle this? And I mean, as a mom or, or you know, whoever's the, the lead parent in your house, it, it th- we have to think about like, okay, well, we're eating now and what are we going to have for dinner? What are the groceries and laundry? We have to have some of those things in our head. So the more you can put down on paper and say, okay, these are my goals. And I love your, I love your ideas about visualizing. Now, what are the action steps that I need to take to get there? And guess what? You're probably not going to be right the first time you put down some action steps, but it's better to, to put something down and try it and say, well, that didn't work very well. Or, hey, that actually worked really well. Like, I'd love to give this other tip that it, I love this story. So I did get out there and I, right, I practice what I preach and I did go to a lot of meetups, both when I had my UX design consultancy and as I was building UR Techie. And one of the meetups I went to it was like horrible, Katie. I don't like closed spaces. And we were like in sard- like sardines and it was hot. And I was like, I'm going to pass out. And then the speaker, God bless him, was so sweet. But you know, one of those horrible presenters and he went on for like an hour and a half. And I thought this is the worst meetup I've ever been to. But at that meetup and, and also the people around me, not interesting. And that is not a nice thing to say. Like if, if you don't think someone's interesting, it's because you're not interested. But I think they were just, we're all ready to fall asleep from the hot, the heat. But what happened is someone stood up. There was a time, I love this. Every meetup should do this where you can say, I'm looking for a job. I have a job. I think it's beautiful. Someone stood up and said, my company is hiring here. And I was like, that guy has a lot of energy. So after the meetup, I went to the meetup page and I, I do advocate this in my program. So I'll give you this like secret tip. I found his name and he happened to have his own meetup. So it was easy to find him. But even if you just have like first name, last uh, first initial of the last name, you can go to LinkedIn and find them locally. And anyway, I reached out to him. He's now a UR Techie mentor. I never even met him at the meetup. I just followed up and I was like, hey, we didn't get a chance to meet. Want to meet? And so I think that these action steps, you don't know, you have to try things and see what works because it's never going to work out exactly as you plan it out, but that's no reason to not plan out your vision. You've got to plan out what it's going to look like and then accept that the action steps will take trial and error. Yeah, that's great. I do. I And, and really good point because I think that's key with kind of having the vision is mm-hmm. Also having the flexibility to know that nothing ever turns out 100% the way you planned. But if it helps you get there, then then that's a good thing. And maybe what you originally planned, you will find out along the way, isn't what you wanted anyway. Right. So, So yeah, having the vision, but being open to accepting change to that, I think really, really good point. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think can be very confidence boosting is remembering your victories. Like I've always oh, yeah, had a file in my email called wins and I just file there like thank you notes. Oh yeah. Someone says like, like, Hey, you did a great job on that. 
And then that's just one place that you can always go back to, to when you are having a day when you sort of need a, a boost and whether yeah. you've been in the paid workforce or you've been staying home or whatever it is you've been doing, for sure, you have times when people have reached out and said, hey, great job on that. Thanks for doing that. And just reading those things over, I think, can give you a little bit of a confidence boost on a day when you might need it. I, I love that. And I have you heard of the win book by Craig Wortman? Because that's Yes. Craig Wortman, he's a professor. He was at the University of Chicago when my husband was there and he has a couple of great books on sales. I love him. I, we have him on audio. I'll listen to him while I run. I've listened to it a hundred times. I really recommend his books because he's got a great story about the birth of his first child. And I cry every time and I've heard it like 10 times and I cry every time, but he advocates the win book, which is almost exactly what you just said, which is why I thought, so that, that this like celebration of accomplishments, I totally agree. And even on a daily basis, like, what are you grateful for today? What was your big win today? And I think it's really important because all of us have that, we get in this day-to-day grind and you know, the fog, I think with quarantine, it's only worse, right? Like that fog, is, we've got to say like, I did this today. I did something great. And it might even just be a small thing, but again, write it down. <laughs> I love writing it down. So I think that's, I love that idea. Absolutely great. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. So I, I'm going to kind of sum up some of the points that, that we talked through today, because I think there's a lot of good stuff in the area of confidence boosting. And first, you talk a lot about journaling and how impactful that can be. And this phrase that you used that I really loved was grow in your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Ellen, I love how you put that. That's really cool. I'm gonna, that's really going to stick with I'm, I'm thinking in my head, did I come up with that or have I heard it somewhere? I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I'm not sure, but I love that one. I know yeah. it's an important point. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. Um, and really believing what you're worth and mm-hmm. practicing and getting comfortable with asking for what you're worth and knowing what that is. And then the the idea of just doing it, just getting out there and acting on something, getting feedback, changing your approach, trying it again, how much you can really learn and grow from doing something like that. And what a great confidence boost it is, I think, to just get out there and do something and then realize that you can do that. So really good point. You also talked about kind of upskilling selectively, and that's really smart, I think, because you can get overwhelmed, particularly in tech with thinking, oh my gosh, there are 50 things I have to go out and learn. Mm -hmm. And there's not, right? right? So get the skills that you need and go out and try that out in the market. And if there are other things you need to add to your skill set, be selective about what those are so that you're focused and you're not driving yourself insane, trying to learn everything. So I also, and just to add to that, I I always, every time I talk to employers, I get the sense that they're really looking to hire, not somebody who knows everything, but somebody who can learn. Yes. So, and that's a really big distinction, I think, to make. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to know that you can learn things as you need to in order to keep getting better. That is beautiful. And I love it. And I think that that is a great message because you just cannot be successful and continue to grow in your career 
without the ability to learn. It's just not, it's just not possible, which is, which is why this program that I advocate, not just, not just my paid program, but in like all my free blogs and my material, take three months and spend more time planning. Don't just dive in and start learning everything. Spend more time planning. Even when you're talking about skilling up, spend the time to think about what do I, what is the skill I really need to, to, what is your goal? Maybe your goal is just to grow in this one area. That's okay. Or maybe your goal is to, to level up to the next level in your career. Then that's a goal, but don't take 75 courses. That's why I think goal planning is so important because you're bound to take the wrong action steps if you aren't planned, you're thoughtful and planning in what, thoughtful about what it takes to get there. What do you actually need instead of overcompensating for the lack of confidence issue like I did? (laughs) Awesome. Good, good, good. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. Please tell people where we can find you on Facebook, on the web, everywhere. How can we take advantage of all the amazing wisdom that you have? Well, Katie, first of all, thank you so much for having me on today because uh, this is so fun. I could talk about this all the time. And so I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing and I love the way you're doing it. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. There are lots of resources that that we offer. The first thing I'll say is just join our free Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups, you are techie. It's all spelled out Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y. So that is um, our free Facebook group. You can join that. And what's so cool about that space is that we have everyone, people thinking about getting into tech, people new to tech. We have people who've been in tech for 20 years. We have vice presidents. We have big companies in there. We have entrepreneurs, we have freelance. And it's just a great mix of women supporting women and just sharing resources and asking everything from tech career advice to a specific technical question. I do. Uh, free Facebook live training in there every other week. So you get, it's just free. So I would say if, if you, you don't have to be qualified to join that, just jump in, join it. We want to have you. And then also the website, youartechie.com has a lot of great resources and we are posting, uh, our new courses are coming out next week. So we have a bunch, a bunch of new courses going out there. If you're just getting started, you'll see a button get started. And that's our entry level course for if you're like just trying to figure it all out. It's a very no nonsense approach. I kind of approach tech like no one else does. Like just tell it to you straight, cut through all the massive needless information and confusion that's out there. So I think that's a really a great way to start if you're if you're like, you know what, I, I kind of want to dig in and figure what this figure this out. And then I also have the podcast on there, all that you can all link to that from from yourtechie.com. So Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing all of these great tips and having this conversation about confidence as women return to the workforce, I think is so important. And so fun to talk to you. We could talk all day, but but unfortunately we're out of time, which is such a shame. So we'll have to do it again. Thank you. Ellen Toomey, you are techie. Now that you know how to boost your confidence as you return to work, Go do it. I believe in you. Thanks, Katie. Subscribe to our email list at backtobusinessconference.com for weekly job search advice. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. 
You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.